Clear Lake, Kima, Galveston Bay, an area of Houston synonymous with NASA and aerospace. Also, the go-to destination for those sailing and boating enthusiasts. When it comes to sailing, there's no better place to visit than Windward Sea Venture located in Kima. This is Sea Venture Radio, a weekly radio show dedicated to those who love life on the bay. Welcome to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture on Vinyl Draft Radio. Thank you for joining us, and as always, come see us at Windward Sea Venture, located on Pier 3 in lovely Waterford Harbor, or find us at windwardseaventure.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Daryl Hannes. And I'm Kevin Bednar, and we're keeping you up to date <laughs> on what's going on here in the third largest boating community in the country, Clear Lake, Texas. Things are kind of starting to slow down, especially with the big bang of the harvest moon over. This is some of the best time of the year to go sailing. Absolutely. We got a lot of things still coming up. Uh, We've got the Turkey Day Regatta, and that's Lakewood, or is that HYC? HYC. That's HYC. Okay, that's a fun one, as always. That's the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's generally right before Thanksgiving. You come out and win yourself a turkey. And, of course, the one that I'm uh, looking forward to and hoping to be a part of uh, is the uh, Chili Chase Regatta, December 1st with GBCA. Yeah, we go out there and uh, run a nice, long, comfortable distance course and then come back and have a a chili cook-off and judge the chili that everybody brought with them. That's what I was about to ask. You answered it before I did. but So you can actually make your chili at home and just bring it to the clubhouse? You are not required to cook it while you're racing. Okay. Well, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. If you show up at the clubhouse beforehand with uh, you know something to keep it warm, crock pot, whatever. Okay. Any stipulations on how much to make? for? Cause you try and, I guess you're not trying to feed everybody. It's just some samples. You need to have enough for the judges. And yep. The more you bring, the more we'll eat. Excellent. All right. Sounds good. And the other one that comes up towards as the time moves on is the January 1st. We can't believe we're already talking about 2019, but the Revagna. Yeah, hangover spelled backwards up at HYC. <laughs> that one is maybe not always fun because the weather is always questionable on that one. But uh, I remember uh, a little over 10 years ago, we were all bobbing up and, up and down out there. And all of a sudden, one of the spinnakers was full. And we realized the guy was simply motoring backwards to fill up his spinnaker so he could look like he was sailing. <laughs> Well, maybe he wasn't hungover yet. <laughs> maybe he, wasn't. he was the only non-hungover person there, probably. All right. Other things that are coming up for us here at Windward Sea Venture that we're really excited about that's become a January tradition is our sail venture. Where are we going this year? This year we're doing the uh, Grenada in the Grenadines. Looking really excited about that. Kevin, you joined us on our first one, and that was a great trip and a great time. And uh, that one, I remember Laurie and I were just thinking, well, you know, we ought to go do a charter and maybe we can just offset some expenses and uh, sell a couple cabins to some uh customers and uh just have fun with it well it has blown up into another aspect of the business it's like a party week well this one's going to be two weeks oh wow (laughs) yeah uh so the first year with you we went and did uh saint martin and uh i'm totally drawing a blank where do we go (laughs) (laughs) well we spent most of the time in in saint martin in saint Uh, bart's that's right we went to saint bart's and we also went to um i can't Uh, remember yeah. yeah the flat one and I tell you, I've never felt so much a part of seeing how the other half lives is when, when we were in St. Bart's. Oh, yeah. Or you could go the <laughs> other direction. Uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting there in the islands, you go to some of the poorest people and some of the richest people all right there. Yeah, we walked into that one and all the mega yachts, I mean, we're talking well over 100, close to 200 foot 
probably over 200 foot uh, mega yachts anchored there at the beach and we walked into this little bar and a rum and coke was 20 bucks <laughs> and uh, we realized that we're in the wrong place <laughs> yeah you, you see people wandering around and you start looking at their clothing and you realize that you know yeah. you couldn't afford to to buy that little wrap that she's wearing yeah like, always, i mean you look at the, the fashion magazines and you wonder well who really wears that well i found out <laughs> Yeah. What is it? Was it Tiffany and Company? Jewelers like right there on the water. And yeah. You pull in so you can step off of your, you know, 90 foot sailboat and just buy the wife, you know, yeah. a little $100,000 trinket or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it was impressive the boats that were there uh, that time of year, especially. That's their peak season. And I guess all the boats kind of migrate from the Mediterranean to the Caribbean. Uh, well, we've got a special guest with us here that's going to be joining us on this year's sail venture to the Grenadines, uh, Captain Michael Glass. Michael Glass is one of the local charter captains here in the area, and I've uh, got a long history with them. We've been friends a long time, worked together for a long time, and uh, is actually at one point in time, a long time ago, uh, one of my students. And thanks for having me here. This is a good opportunity for us. Um, as Daryl said, uh, he I, was one of my very first instructors here. Uh, back in that day, uh, I knew that with a little with a little logbook and a credit card, I could go anywhere in the world and, and rent a boat. Didn't make any sense for me at the time to actually own a boat, had a farm, had a business, uh, but I knew that that was there. Uh, so I, I found a local company that, that would get me through that architecture uh, to get me that. And matter of fact, Daryl was, was, was my one-on-one instructor. <laughs> so I think you'd agree, I, I knew what was doing, but I knew I had to get through the architecture, and so, so we did. And, and uh, lo and behold, here I am. So how did how did you uh, make the jump and go all the way for the captain's license and everything? Well, after 25 years in the Navy, I pretty much had that in the bag. And uh, somebody in, taught me to sticking around and, and teaching, and I had to have that license. So there you I go. just, just coughed it up and, and got the license. There's a lot of the charter captains in the area, and uh, it's a, kind of an interesting lifestyle uh, to be a part of. A lot of them are more – I mean, there's every – level of it there's some that are pretty much doing it full time for a living and some of them are just kind of doing it as a retirement side gig uh, but regardless of what how intense you are into it it's uh provides a lot of experiences so just as a charter captain what are some of the things just as far as job wise that are have opened up to you for that oh well you certainly meet i'm absolutely amazed at the people that you meet um, just all kinds of great people out there different stories of different reasons for being there my job as a charter captain, one, one, to just keep them safe, but most importantly, to have them have a good time. Um, and I think we've seen uh, so many of our charters that we've done together, uh, those uh, people come back to learn how to sail. And that's the end goal, just to show them a lifestyle, um, have a good time, and uh, and maybe see where it goes. Bring them into the sport, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that's something. that's a great way of putting it, Kevin, is because – uh, there has been the tendency of the not so much the younger crowd getting involved in sailing. And I think a part of that is just maybe just the financial aspect of it. Uh, but we do have a much older crowd, it seems like, that are maybe closing in on retiring and coming and being a part of it. Yeah, I was. I saw something online that was pointing out that um, chartering is actually building right now. It seems like a lot fewer people are buying the boats, and a lot more of them are chartering boats. So that's good for you. It is. I mean, you look around the marinas, and eighty uh, percent of those boats seems they never leave or just, they never move. They just sit there. So uh, chartering, if you've got that type of boat, and you want to put it in charter. Uh, that's an option for you. But also, uh, 
if you don't want to buy a boat, getting into chartering is a great way. A lot of times, exactly like Michael said, people will come down for a birthday or company outing or something like that. And I don't know how many times people out of Houston come down and say, I had no idea all of this was down here. Yeah. I think one of the great things about you sailing out of, of Waterford is that you go through the channel and you get to really see. You, see, you go by all the houses, you go by Lakewood, you see all the other boats, and it gets you up close. Yeah. So if you know if they, if you were out there just you know sailing out of HYC for example, all you'd get to do is sail, and that sounds great, but for most people coming down here, that wouldn't give them the introduction to the area. Right, kind of the lifestyle of what you're kind of getting involved in. Yeah. But yeah, the, after they come down, the, the maybe ports to for a family event or a corporate event, and then they come back a week or two later and do a captain charter with somebody like Michael Glass and go out and have a good time on the bay, and that leads to lessons, and then that leads to getting involved in boating for better or for worse. Leads you to the sail venture. <laughs> That's right. But lessons are another thing. That, I mean, there's there's a few different things that the charter captains will do. Everything from deliveries to uh, lessons to just taking people out for their uh, family celebrations. Either uh, everything from starting the family with engagements to anniversaries and all those different things. So, Michael, what's maybe your favorite aspect of it? I mean, I know it's hard to answer that. That's kind of a loaded question, but. Uh, as far as the lessons or the chartering, or is there any one aspect of it that you... I, I was just thinking, I, I really enjoy teaching. I guess I, I, was, I was born that, born that way. Uh, love seeing those students move from knowing absolutely nothing, uh, getting through a f- couple of classes, and then we see them down on the waterfront with a bare boat charter. Right, yeah. bringing their family in. I mean, it's just a, it's just an incredible process. And I guess eventually you're getting those Facebook pictures from the islands or something like that. Right, love seeing where they wind up. Yeah, I tell you, it's a. Uh, I agree. I mean, I've been doing it myself, and I don't get to get out now that we own the business. I don't get to get out and do that as much. I actually got to get out on a class this last weekend and had a great time with that, and kind of reminisced on how fun it really is but like you say it's great to have somebody come down for a 101 class and uh, I can see myself in some of these people I mean that's how I started actually at Windward Sea Venture and now some 25 years later I'm owning the company uh, it's a pretty long progression I got I, I warn them it's like be careful it'll get in your blood because <laughs> it will but it's great I mean we've got numerous uh, customers that uh, came and took our 101 class and they're out cruising yeah or living on boats. Yeah. All the rest of it, yeah. It was really cool and a rewarding experience. Sea Venture Radio is powered by Windward Sea Venture Sailboat Charter Company, an ASA certified sailing school, providing sailboat chartering and sailing lessons on Clear Lake for over 20 years. Call 281-467-2279 or go to windwardseaventure.com. Windward Sea Venture, located on Pier 3 in Waterford Harbor, Kima, Texas. Welcome back to Sea Venture Radio, powered by Winward Sea Venture on Vinyl Draft Radio. I'm Daryl, here with Kevin Bednar and Michael Glass, talking a little bit about charter captains and what they do and uh, some of the experiences that uh, may have had over the years uh, out here on the lake in Galveston Bay and in beyond. I know I've had quite a few of experiences. Uh, some might, uh, as a good friend uh, Steve Cooper talks about, he's like, this is a family place. And uh, <laughs> some of the things may talk about and some may not, but... Uh, uh, Michael, what are some of the experiences? I mean, maybe memories or funny stories or uh... well, <laughs> that's that's a that's an interesting question because they're all they're all different. Um, almost always uh, end up having a just a lovely afternoon or you know a lovely day. Uh, 
Like I said, people are, are awesome. They, they really are, and I really enjoy visiting those folks. Uh, we've, we've kept it pretty quiet and pretty calm most of the time. Uh, you know, every now and then that squall comes up and, then, yeah. you know, uh, puts on a, a little, little of excitement. Um, but I, as I often say in my classes, teach my students, very, very few things on a sailboat constitute a hair fire. So yep. we, we've been able to keep it pretty calm. So. Yeah, I know I've got a few uh, memories and some stories and uh, one I like to tell and always jokingly, uh, we were going to do a burial at sea. And why I say that it's the ashes. We're not dumping a, just to clarify for everyone. And it was a guy and he was wanting to be buried at the same coordinates as his dog where his dog had been uh, distributed, the ashes distributed. So we uh, go out, and at that time we were leaving South Shore Harbor, and if you're familiar with the area, that's about an hour just to get out to the bay. And then uh, to get to these coordinates, it was a pretty good ways out. And stop the boat, and they come up, uh, the mate at the time, there was two crew on board, and says they were going to do the ceremony. And there's a bunch of rummaging around on the boat, and uh, all of a sudden they come up and they say, Daryl, have you seen a red velvet? <laughs> and in my mind, I was thinking, no, but I have a pretty good idea. I know what's supposed to be. <laughs> Long story short, the uh, it wasn't anybody that was part of the chartering operation or the boat, but the people left the guy in the car in South Shore Harbor. So we're about two hours away now from the guy. At that point, I was uh, I used to joke around and say, you're going to be late to your own funeral, but I can't say that anymore. <laughs> um, the guy, uh, so we motored back South Shore and jumped in the cab and drove. they drove back and picked him up. And we I think we drove out about half way to number two and, and just threw the guy over <laughs> and, and Cl- close enough close enough yeah uh, but that's one that was always kind of a, a memorable experience i like how you at the beginning of that you clarified we were laughing in here you clarified i'm talking about dumping ashes not an action i get this <laughs> yeah. vision of you dumping a body over <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right that's frowned upon i think tilby would uh, frown upon that past the boardwalk there you said it and they didn't even blink an eye i'm just dying laughing in here <laughs> no no just like i said i just want to make sure we're clear on that everything is legal you never know. I mean, we've had some other experiences. Uh, I know um, another similar one. Uh, it was post 9-11. We had a group that it was the same boat and the mate, same one was just terrified that this group was going to drive us in and blow up the boardwalk. And they ended up having their celebrating their birthday in this boat that I was on at the time. They would. It was literally like an adult playground, but when I say that, not necessarily adult, like adult film type playground, but I mean, just... Uh, Again, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> but they had, a, for example, they would have enough costumes for everybody or enough people on board to dress up like the village people, and they'd drive by the boardwalk and play YMCA, and everybody would be up there dancing. So here's this uh, group that was Middle Eastern that they were terrified of, and by the end of the night, they were dressed up as the village people dancing around drunk and i was like i don't think we need to worry about these people <laughs> but uh have had some great times out here on the bay and uh, d- doing charters and things like that and uh and just like you said michael there's just some great people out there and uh, that's part of why i like doing this it's not like you're having to deal with somebody mad because they're at the grocery store shopping or sitting in traffic or anything i mean everybody that's there is uh is having fun charter cabins we try to make sure that happens yeah, yeah. They're, they're most, kind of most of the time right we were I mean, and I know, Daryl, you do a lot of uh, uh, engagement opportunities. 
Um, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, <laughs> most have said yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a pleasant trip back. I think I may have had one, but somehow we salvaged a, a fairly decent time. Oh, you did have one say no. I did. Oh, <laughs> I've always wondered what I was going to hear this one. It was, it was a pretty quiet trip back. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Because we've always jokingly talked about that because we've done quite a few engagements, but I've never had any say no yet. So It's kind of like when you see the people do it on TV or something like that, and you just think, I wonder I wonder how many times she says yes, and then you know, the next day it's like, no, I was just saying that because we were on TV. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, engagements are another one, and that's something that we've had a lot of uh, good experience. It's kind of cool. And this last one we had a few weeks ago, I mean, that guy went all out, and I think his mother-in-law was a uh, big help in that, but um, uh, she said yes. Well, good. Yeah. Good. good. <laughs> Dinner cruises, those are those are pretty fun to do. They are. Yeah, we've uh, had a lot of success with those. Those have gotten to be really prop, really popular. And with the uh, catamaran now, the Delta Tango, uh, we expand the number of people we can do. How, how many cruise. people will you do a dinner cruise with on uh, Delta Tango? We can do up to 12. Okay. Yeah. It's big enough. Yeah, it's big enough. It's got a big enough uh, table out in the cockpit area in the back and a nice countertop. to That one we don't necessarily do sit-down plates. We'll do more buffet style, but it works out well. Yeah, that's that's a, a, a big step up from any of the other boats as far as space. Yeah, and it's just flat. For example, we've got one coming up Thursday. Uh, it's Philip 66 is bringing some uh, people down, and uh, – a little bit concerned about the weather, but I also told them with this boat, I mean, unless it's just really bad, the weather isn't a huge factor. And they didn't seem discouraged by it, so I think they're pretty determined to get out of the office. <laughs> yeah, and with that boat, I'd suspect you can pretty much turn it into the wind, and then the back area is going to be dry. Yeah. You can stay outside back there, probably. Yeah. Well, certainly plenty of room inside. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, deliveries. Uh, I know you've done quite a few deliveries, Mike. What are some of your trips you've done and experiences on that? Well, it's not something I hang my hat on. It's just, uh, you know, picked up a, a few opportunities to do that. I think probably my favorite, um, and it was actually my very first delivery, a buddy of mine bought a boat down in Grenada. No. Uh, spent about a week in Grenada getting the boat ready to go. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm very excited uh, to do this this uh, trip in January, to get us back in Grenada. i tell you uh, my number one thought there. If I had a skill that I could have sold in Grenada, I never left. Yeah, oh, really. So, but we did. We did. We had a great trip. Uh, we brought we brought that boat all the way back to Galveston uh, via St. Croix. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent a couple of days in St. Croix, diving the wall there and, and poking around town. And uh, from St. Croix to Jamaica, um, there at the uh, Errol Flynn uh, uh, Marina, there a beautiful marina. Spent a few days there, and then then we slogged slogged through all the way back into Galveston. That was about a ten day leg. Um, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, what was? Yeah, we, we had run through all the liquor. We had run through all the nicotine. Um, <laughs> and about three three days out, we hit the first big cold front coming through the Gulf. Of course. Uh, How big of a boat was it? It's a 38-foot catamaran that was. Oh, nice. Yeah. What, what time of year was that? Uh, it was uh, end of November, or so November okay. to December. About right now. Yeah, just like right, right now. Yeah. I haven't done a whole lot of deliveries. Most of the, I guess, deliveries. I mean, I've done a little bit throughout the Caribbean, and that's always fun. Um, one memorable time I know we were actually we were leaving Trinidad if I remember I think we were between Trinidad and Grenada and I was uh, trolling had a a, a rod and reel out behind the boat and I don't know what hit this but I was laying in the cockpit just this is a mono hole so it wasn't a big cockpit like a catamaran and something hit the uh, reel and 
and this, before I could even get up and get to the reel, it had already taken all the line off the reel. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I wish I would have loved to have at least seen whatever it was, but I don't think it ever even slowed down. Yeah, I've been there, done that. So, you know. been out there, caught a couple of nice little my, you know, just, just fishing, and then all of a sudden, before, like you said, before you could even get there, yeah, gone. Yeah. Like, yeah, we probably didn't want to land that on a. No, I probably wouldn't have on forty sale, foot sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's a lot of fun, uh, just getting out there. And uh, that's one of the things. We need to get somebody as a, a deep-sea fishing guide or something on here sometime because I love offshore fishing. I mean, you just never know what you're going to pull up. Well, I do, too. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 and I'm bound and determined to uh, to uh, uh, at least you know get that get that five 600-pound marlin up next to mine. <laughs> Should be pretty interesting on a 46-foot boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get a really big dinghy or something and throw it in that, maybe, and tow it in. Yeah, maybe. Be like the old man in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could do it out of a ponga. Why couldn't I do it? Yeah, right. that's true. That's true. He, it was a pretty tough struggle he had. Is there any places in Galveston Bay you go with the charters uh, or any, I mean? With uh, the longer charters, um, we have gone to uh, Redfish Island, anchored out there for a couple hours, had lunch, played, yeah. in, the, played in the water a bit. Um, I've done other, uh, two, like maybe a two day charter, go down to Galveston, go out and check out the strand in the evening and take the next day and come back maybe go offshore for a little bit. Kind of hard to do in one day, yeah. but, but it, it's a, that's a great two day charter. That is a good one. Uh, what we did on this last uh, weekend is we sailed up towards the Hartman, Fred Hartman bridge up the North side of the bay. Cause we looked, I mean, we checked the weather and, uh, we knew it was going to be blowing out of the South on Saturday in the north on sunday so we sailed way up to the fred hartman bridge and kind of looked around at the uh uh what is that the texas white house or the uh, what's the story on that Do either y'all know yeah you can look it up online it was built um i think one one of the governors lived in it at one point in time i don't know if he was governor at the time but it was built to look like the white house yeah it's still i mean it's uh you can definitely tell that but that was kind of neat to go up there and uh, get uh, see the ship traffic coming in and out the Hart, Fred Hartman Bridge there and the container terminals and then we came back and anchored right off of Houston Yacht Club back there behind the uh, breakwater there for Houston Yacht Club and of course that's it's not necessarily the greatest view anymore with the uh, big cranes there but the flip side was it was really kind of interesting to sit there and watch them unload and load those container ships and I mean when we were sitting there watching it I was just thinking I was like how do they know which box goes on which 18 wheeler or which railroad car and I mean there's just hundreds if not thousands of uh, container boxes on those ships and it's pretty impressive how they keep track of where everything goes. Yeah, you know, and I, I, you mentioned the view and everything else. I guess watching, I mean, for somebody who's paid to charter a boat, watching the tugboats, you know, maneuvering a ship coming in and out of Bayport or something like that is probably a sight to see. It is. You know, if you've never seen it before. Yeah, I, I, it really was. They, they enjoyed it, and it was also interesting, especially when we stayed the night there at Anchor, to see the lights that they would come in on on the different ships or the tows or hear a foghorn. Yeah. That kind of <laughs> this thing. This morning you could have. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I have had some interesting experiences with the fog just rolling in like uh, we've seen here. Get totally um, socked in. Yeah. Get totally socked in. I remember it was a combo class. We'd come off uh, offshore. Uh, about the time we got to the jetties, it just socked in. So, of course, you know, when it happens like that, there's a lot of traffic in the channel that gets stuck there. Yeah. Um, it, and it was foggy all the way into the turn into the yacht basin. Wow. I think we went through two two canisters blowing air, you know, blowing fog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, especially down there, that would be scary because there is so much traffic uh, down there at that 
right there at the jetties and the Galveston. Between the end of the jetties and the Texas City Dyke, that is a congested area. Yeah, that's true. It is one of the busiest uh, areas around here. You can see all the anchored ships and everything, too. Yeah. They get confused pretty easily. Wow. Yeah. But it, it's fun to see all that activity going on. I, lo- I love putting students out there, it, it, just teaching them the right way to, to manage that traffic, and we've, we've never had a problem. Yeah. Yeah, just seeing the cruise ship maneuver is—I mean, it's amazing how so they can been down there to spin it, it around it and everything. Around. It's like you'd never, never imagine something that big can turn on a dime like that. It's impressive. In all that traffic down there in the uh, Galveston area, something I would like to stress. Uh, let's get into lessons a little bit more, but willingness to talk on the radio. A lot of the students uh, or pleasure boaters are kind of intimidated to talk to the ship captains and tow boats and things like that because they just. I guess just don't feel like they're going to say the right thing to these professional people, but you got to be willing to talk to them. And they're easy to talk to. I mean, the, they, they don't want you to hit them any more than you want them to the, hit them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. their livelihood depends on it. So uh, while they probably won't uh, be hurt, <laughs> they definitely don't want, to, don't want you to get hurt and don't want to lose their job or even go to jail to possibly. Yeah, they, they can be helpful, too. I don't know how many times I've heard, uh, uh, you know, tug and tow, harvest moon traffic coming back, and they'll, they'll yell at somebody, by the way, I don't think you want to go over there. It gets shallow or, right. you know, something else they're they're they don't want to see you get stuck because then you're in their way anyway so yeah. you know yeah. but they're quite helpful something that i noticed on this harvest moon is uh the advantages of ais because they would call the boats i mean the the ship captains and tow boats and things they would call the boat by name i mean we're in the past before that you'd just say okay eastbound boat this is the westbound boat at channel marker xyz uh now they'll they'll call you by name Another advantage of technology. Uh, it is an amazing thing, and I tell you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go very far offshore without it. Yeah, no. I remember uh, one of the one of the races, well, offshore races I was on out there. There was a, a tug and tug towing two hundred meters behind him or more, huge platform behind him, and he was able to call up a boat that was headed right for that cable by name. So yeah, yeah. I remember that happening. Yeah, helps a lot if they can. Yeah, if they know who you are. Yeah, and and you become more aware when you hear your name come over the radio yeah. rather than just the sailboat going west or whatever. Yeah, brings more of attention to you. But it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, met a lot of great friends, uh, met a lot of great people. Love to hear all about all the adventures some of them have taken off on. Good times. It has been. I must say, I, I, I don't do this to make a living. It's become an avocation. It's just, you know, <laughs> somebody calls and says, can you do it? I'm like, sure. Yeah. Uh, because it's fun. It is a lot of fun. It really is. And a lot of times, I mean, Laurie and I get guilty at the end. Of, we'll have a charter at the end of the day during the week. And we've said we're going to do it. And then it's... Uh, we're tired and busy schedule, and we're like, oh, I don't know if I really want to go do this. And every single time after we get out there and get to know the people and get to talking to them, we have a, a good time. We right. really enjoy it. So uh, it's just you get in a rut, and uh, it's, it's a good thing. Good job to have the, to be in that rut. There's <laughs> worse ruts to be in. <laughs> there are There's worse. Venture Radio is powered by Windward Venture Sailboat Charter Company, an ASA certified sailing school, providing sailboat chartering and sailing lessons on Clear Lake for over 20 years. Call 281-467-2279 or go to windwardseaventure.com. Windward Venture, located on Pier 3 in Waterford Harbor, Kima, Texas. 
Kevin, Daryl, and Michael here. And we're, this episode, we're talking a little bit about charter captains and uh, some of their experiences here on the bay and uh, some of the things they do, memorable experiences. And uh, we're going to move into talking a little bit about lessons, things we've talked about, how some of our customers get to this point is they'll come down because they've been told to either by family members or bosses to come do a team building or celebration for a family event and uh, end up enjoying it and seeing what the area and Clear Lake have to offer and then start come out and do a charter on their own with their family and the immediate their own personal immediate family and then take lessons and move on from there uh so michael uh you've been instructing quite a while now how's that lifestyle i mean apparently it's pretty good because i live it <laughs> we talked about earlier that um i took these classes uh, so because it didn't make any sense for me to move from where i was and have a boat and well since then i've Sold the farm, sold the business, sold everything I had, and bought a boat and live it now. So, uh, you know, we've seen a few folks doing that. Um, I think in the last in the last year, three of my former students have have purchased boats and making plans to take off. So they're, they're, that avenue is there, and apparently I, I did an okay job because they're still with it. Yep, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're still floating, still floating, yeah. and still enjoying it. Yeah, that's the important part. There is uh, making sure you're comfortable enough and uh, confident enough to get out there and uh, do it and enjoy it. Yeah, I know they're they're out here. You know, you hear stories of of other worldwide sailing schools. Uh, you know, basically running them through a boot camp, drill sergeants. Yeah. Um, we, we, we don't do that here. You know, it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty easy. Uh, it's more of a conversation than a lecture. Yeah. Um, and we try to make it fun, do something interesting. That's something, I, I don't know if it's the greatest business uh, strategy, but as far as just a sailing strategy, I might have been about them. You can take your 101 and then go sailing for a year and then come back next summer and make some mistakes, and you're going to get more out of that 103, 104 class whenever you uh, have made some mistakes and you've got some questions to ask your instructor when you come back. Absolutely agree with that. You know, and I think that from my perspective, there's a lot of value in it because when I first, when you bought the company, I first looked through some of the documents and stuff. I was like, they really have to teach this stuff? And and then I'm wandering around at maybe a yacht club after a regatta or something and noticing the boat owner doesn't know how to tie a cleat hitch or something like that. <laughs> you see you see these guys have owned boats for 20 years that don't know some of this stuff because they just bought a boat and went out sailing and didn't learn, you know, well, I don't need to know how to tie the boat up. We'll let somebody else do that or... You know, they just wrap it around 10 times and it ha- hasn't floated away yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It works until it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the classes that you do teach, Michael? Oh, I, I teach everything from pretty much A to Z. If, 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 if ASA yeah. offers it, um, I teach it. Of course, we, we've been talking about the 101, right? That's for somebody that maybe it may have never seen a sailboat before in their life. And by the end of the weekend, we'll have them sailing that boat. Um, you mentioned the, the combo, the, the 103, which is uh, the, the basic coastal cruising. Um, just a, basically a rehash of what they've learned uh, in the 101 and add a few more skills, a little bit more knowledge. Um, we quite often do that as a combination with uh, the next class, which is the bare boat chartering. Um, and that's where we just teach them uh, to manage the boat, how to get from here to there, uh, the systems of the boat, uh, how to manage uh, um, a trip somewhere. So that's like provisioning even. Yep, right down to provisioning. Um, as part of their course, they've actually got to uh, uh, cook a meal 
uh, in the in, in the galley. I don't let them just build sandwiches. You know, right. at some point you got to work the galley. So that's that's even checking the fuel, checking the everything, every detail you're going to need to make sure that uh, when you show up in the islands, you don't leave the dock without what you need. Exactly, exactly. We teach them a few uh, you know things. And we talked earlier that not many things on a sailboat constitute a hair fire, but things do go wrong. So we give them some processes and skills and things to look at uh, to work out some of the few problems that they may have. Um, those students leave pretty confident on, on, on that trip. Um, then we have, then we go on from there, we have our, our coastal navigation. Um, it's where we actually break out charts, figure out how to get from here to there. Um, we, we teach uh, the whole spectrum of, of navigation there. Um, it's a pretty intense class, but I, I really enjoy it. Um, I, I kind of see that as uh, like working a puzzle. So uh, by the end of that class, you're going to be able to work the puzzle figure out how to get from here to there, uh, how long it's going to take you, how much fuel you'll burn, how to account for what the currents are doing. It, it, it's pretty intense. Uh, we, we do require a few weeks of homework before you get to the class, but uh, most people enjoy that. One of my favorite classes to teach, um, it's one of the most stressful for me, but I enjoy it, and that's our, our docking endorsement. So we spend the whole weekend in the marina on a variety of boats. Uh, learning to handle those boats um, within the marina. I think one of the things that, that I really enjoy about that is seeing the confidence level in those students from the beginning of the weekend to the, to the end of that weekend and handling that boat. And I've found that that confidence translates just into their offshore work or anything else that they're doing on the sailboat. Um, I hope that it that that confidence translates into their own business. You know, whatever whatever they got going on. Like, yeah, guys, you got this. You can do this. Yeah, right. right? Kind of stretch those yeah. bounds a little bit. So learning a skill generalizes to your life. To life, yeah. Yeah, yeah those are all. And I want to interject there because I have really been preaching to try and push this uh, docking endorsement class because that is. Uh, probably the biggest challenge and to the large extent it's you just got to practice it um my number my my motto is play with a boat find a safe place mm-hmm. right to play with your boat and play with your boat yeah. that's that's great advice because I'm, I'm picturing myself i can like my father's had hit the boat you know for nearly 20 years now you know if somebody if i have to wiggle it around and get it through an opening i can i can put that boat almost anywhere but I, I had to borrow a bass boat uh, for a um, regatta at one point in time. I was doing Mark's set boat or something like that. You should have just seen me trying to park that boat. It went every direction except the one I wanted it to go. In each boat, yeah, especially taking the jump to a bass boat or something like that. But even just within sailboats, they're all a little bit different. Yeah, every sailboat is different, too. When I started yeah. moving the boats around in your fleet, the big heavy boat, I mean, it's 80% prop walk and 10% yeah. re- reverse or something like that. It's really... Once you get learn how to use it, it's yeah. you can get the boat where you want it. But at first, it's really intimidating. Well, we didn't mention the uh, the 106 class, which is you get through all that, and that's that advanced coastal cruising. Um, we usually do that on on like like on Harvest Moon Regatta. Um, this last this last Harvest Moon, uh, I had two 106 students and two uh, combo students on the boat. Uh, generally, you know, you would think wouldn't be very competitive with people that don't know how to sail. I must be a good teacher because what happened? Yeah. You got second right or <laughs> no, first? Come first place. All right. All right. I know we, we actually, on last week's show, we, uh, we we gave you a shout out for that, but I didn't, I, didn't, I knew it was one of the two. So I, I just thought it was absolutely amazing to, to have that experience with students. Yeah. What kind of boat was it? Um, it was a little 136. Oh, nice. Yeah. That is nice. That, that was a fun race, for those of you that finished. 
but we had a good time too. Uh, yeah, that 106, and the big difference on that one is you got to have the overnight. Right. Yeah. So you're sailing all night long, standing watches, trying to trying to keep the boat straight and, and manage the sails. So you're doing that in the middle of the night. A little, yeah. bit, little bit different than doing it when you can see. I, I guess people taking the class, they probably paid a lot more attention. Maybe that helped, you maybe, know? Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Because yeah. a lot of times the reason you lose the race is at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're not paying yeah. attention. i tell you, I've sailed a few places and I still think that this is probably, I mean, of course, with the exception of maybe some of the places that have the severe tidal shifts, but as far as just offshore and looking out for obstructions, I think this is probably one of the most treacherous places I have just because of the unlit rigs and things like that that are out there that you got to watch out for. I agree. It's, it's, a, it's a worry. Yeah. It's a worry, but. I guess most places you're, you're talking about physical features that are going to be on a chart and you're going to know where they are, but around here it's a pole sticking right <laughs> sticking out of the water you're not going to see it until you're right on top of it exactly i mean most like you said if you're in the islands or somewhere like that it's an island you're probably working worried about or a reef that's definitely identified on a chart if you hit that I mean, yeah, once you're away from the island it's a thousand feet deep there ain't yeah. no poles sticking <laughs> exactly. out of the water so with that said, I certainly wouldn't discourage anybody from making that trip to here to Corpus. I mean, it's a great trip. You yeah. just have no. to pay, pay attention. No, I don't say that to discourage, but what I really, if nothing else, is to demonstrate the confidence that you've got. If, I mean, if you've done it here, you can probably just about go Do it anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, yeah and I, I would think that Harvest Moon trip, especially if you, you go down offshore and then you come back in the ICW, you get a lot of experience through yeah. the whole shebang really of, of, of uh, boat handling in yeah. general, navigation. Yeah, you really do. Well, yeah. You, earlier you talked about uh, using the radio. I'm telling you, you make a trip up the ICW, you have to. Yeah, and, it's a, and it's a great practice for those students. Yeah, and it reminds them to use different frequencies and all the rest of that because the guy's he's not listening on 16. Right. I mean, he is, but he, right. he's but not expecting he, you to call him on 16. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we talk about all that. Yeah, that's a class that we've uh, talked about trying to do a class to Lake Charles, a 106 class. And I'm glad you mentioned that. We all, I was hoping you'd bring that up. I uh, think, think that would be a great class. We're still learning, and, of course, anybody that's sailing and either business Business owner or just sailing, you're going to learn something new every day. And this year, we've uh, we're going to try to reorganize how we offer our lessons. Um, we're still kind of figuring that out a little bit. So we're going to offer all the classes more than uh, we had. Of course, we're closing in on four years now of uh, owning when we receive venture. It's hard to believe, and we've got a pretty good following of basic 101 students that have gone through, and now they're wanting to take more of those advanced classes and. Uh, before we didn't offer quite as many, but this year we're going to try to offer more of them. To, I think that'll help maybe fill those up. And the 106 is that included in that? Uh, and yeah, that's something we're thinking about. I think kind of like you said, Kevin, with the Harvest Moon going down offshore and back the ICW going offshore and then up the Calcasieu River is going to kind of offer both of those experiences. That'll be as exciting. Well. So uh, that's on the agenda for next year. If somebody was getting into sailing, Michael, any recommendations you would make or suggestions or just get out there, yeah, do it. Especially for those those any of those one on one students, you, you took your one on one class and you're just not seeing uh, opportunities to get out and, and sail. Uh, just meet up with the with the with the community. Um, one of the things that I just absolutely love about the boating community is, I mean, they're all we're all good guys. Uh, yeah. Always, you know, willing to lend a hand and. And uh, those of us that do get out, quite often we have some room to just take somebody out and, and, and hang out with us. So don't be afraid to ask. Connect with uh, 
with Daryl or and Lori in the office about who's doing what, and I'm, I'll, I'll bet you they'll 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 hook you up with somebody to get you out there. It's, it's not a bad idea for people to um, look into like TMCA or GBCA. There's discussion forums and stuff for people who are local sailors. There's a, there's a lot of times that people are looking for somebody to come along with them, and you know you know you can get yourself on a a, a nice find yourself a friend who's got a nice boat and goes out. <laughs> that's you, go. you know that's a good way to get get used to the whole thing and figure out what kind of vessel you might want to buy for yourself in the future. You're right. I, I mean, as many places I've been, I don't think, and I really can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but I know there's bound to be something i'm missing but everybody in the community is great people i mean they're just uh, like you said everybody is uh, willing to lend a hand uh that's something uh i've always stressed with the rum races and gbca is getting out there and going to the party afterwards and meeting people and getting on and even if you have a boat go jump on somebody else's boat for the harvest or uh, for the uh, rum race or something and just see how they might do something different because you always always room for learning you can always learn something yeah. i'm, I'm I, I learn things from my students all the time yeah. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't do that again. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think just getting out there, and I think that's one of the big advantages of the charter captains and the availability of those in the area is even if you've done some of those lessons but and it's been a while, you can come do a captain charter just to go out and do a little bit of a refresher. Uh, if you just bought a boat and maybe you've done some sailing and chartering, but now you aren't really – familiar with your boat i think michael's got one of those scheduled this sunday uh he's going and uh a gentleman just purchased a boat and uh he's got some time scheduled with michael to go and uh just kind of get acquainted with his boat his new boat yeah we'll just run him through the paces and answer his questions and take care of it what about i guess we kind of already hit on that but uh just anything else you might think of if, if you've already been into sailing for a while but something that and kevin you mentioned this i don't remember if it was on air or not but uh, people that have owned boats or uh for a long time and you go and look at what they're doing you realize they really don't know what they're doing even though they swear up and down they do it's well it's it's not unusual to to uh, meet people who've owned a boat for a long time and they're doing something in a way and you're like that's not how you're supposed that's not safe or you know maybe maybe they're (laughs) running a preventer or something on the boom and you're like this is not the condition when you want to be tying your boom on one side of the boat you know you're not It's kind of hard to hard to convey that outside of a class, though, right? I mean, you, you lose lose some friends real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yelling "Hey, stupid!" at somebody is not the best way to. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, but anyway, there are uh, some things out there, and I guess be tactful about it. And uh, obviously, you don't want an unsafe situation. But we do have a lot of things that are coming up. It's, uh, Michael, thanks for joining us. Uh, you talked a lot about the classes. Uh, November 17th and 18th, we have an ASA 101 class, and that's that basic class. Kevin always gets on to me about people don't know what these numbers are. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to clarify it. Uh, that's the basic intro keelboat class. Uh, November 17th and 18th, we also have a 105 class that Michael will be teaching, uh, so you can come meet him in person if you want to be a part of that. Uh, November 23rd to 25th, we have an ASA 103-104 class, and that's that uh, basic, coastal cru- basic coastal cruising and bareboat chartering class. And that's the one that if you want to end up going down island and chartering, or a lot of times they'll ask for that if you don't have a substantial experience and background. Uh, but that's a good class to uh, – and that's another one we offer sometimes people will take the intro class and uh end up buying a boat and then they'll actually do the 103 104 on their own boat and that's a good opportunity to kind of get acquainted with your boat as well for those of you that want november 17th don't forget the turkey day regatta is coming up i think that's that saturday before thanksgiving and that's always a fun one with the houston yacht club 
Uh, December 1st is the GBCA Chili Chase Regatta and Cook-Off. And for those of you lucky enough to be joining us in the Grenadines, uh, this in Grenada and the Grenadines this January, December 1st is our trip meeting. I think that's actually at our house. I think that's what the Admiral told me. <laughs> I think, uh, and I think we're having a, some type of a cook-off there ourselves, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so anyway, don't forget about that. Uh, December 8th is a Christmas boat parade. Um, and if you have time off in the holidays, either Thanksgiving or Christmas, and you're wanting to take some of these lessons, uh, we don't have much scheduled in December because a lot of times things just kind of slow down and people are busy with the uh, holidays. But we can arrange it. Uh, we need to usually need at least three people. So if the family's wanting to come down and do a class or uh, uh, something along those lines, just give us a call and we can make it happen. Well, thank you for joining us this episode of Sea Venture Radio, powered by Windward Sea Venture on Vinyl Draft Radio. And as always, you can come see us on Pier 3 in lovely Waterford Harbor. Give us a call at 281-467-2279. Come check us out on windwardseaventure.com or follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. It is al- <laughs> it is always, get out on the water and feel the heel. You're slipping, dude. (laughs) Sea Venture Radio is powered by Windward Sea Venture Sailboat Charter Company, an ASA certified sailing school, providing sailboat chartering and sailing lessons on Clear Lake for over 20 years. Call 281-467-2279 or go to windwardseaventure.com. Sea Venture Radio, Tuesday afternoons at 2, exclusively on Vinyl Draft Radio.